You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday, unless you're you're one of the, the two flagship parts of the Michigan Athletics. Apparently not a good Monday, at least at this point. For those, Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And I have to say, the fact that now it's it's 1 p.m. as I say this, and I feel like I'm late. That's a good change for us, right? Because late used to be 9, 10, 11 p.m., Trying to get these out around noon. I'm glad that I waited because I didn't really know what I was going to talk about today. Now we do because Michigan uh, football and Michigan basketball have each lost a uh, a component in the, to the NCAA transfer portal. So we'll get to that and we'll see where that all takes us. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit of a disheartening day in my eyes. Because Michigan lost one of the players that I particularly really loved covering. And I felt had like a lot of potential that just never kind of came to fruition. And that's A.J. Henning. Um, I loved covering Henning as a recruit. He was probably my favorite player that cycle to cover and to interview. Uh, His story about uh, leaving Michigan and then coming back. And uh, surprising the staff with kind of a surprise commitment after his visit is one of those all-timers. We had the video uh, and everything on Wolverine's Wire that he had sent me directly. It was, a, it was a cool thing. And I remember when he committed, I actually was like out on a hike and uh, getting attacked by deer flies. And I had to stop and write it up real quick on my phone. Actually, a lot of commitments happened while hiking that summer in 2019. And then uh, I, I just remember talking to Henning while I was at a camp, and um, it, he he was just a it, just a pleasure to kind of cover. And while as far as a production, I can't keep my microphone up here. From a production standpoint, he might not have necessarily been like this exactly what everyone kind of anticipated he would turn into, uh, especially as, as a receiver. I mean, he was a key part in the return game, really made up for the loss of Giles Jackson. Had a couple touchdowns, really kind of got things going on that front. And then last year, we were very all very tantalized with this idea of him as Debo Samuel, right? Because the jet sweeps were very high on what we used to see from, from him in 2021. And he went from having something like 12 carries to three, right? It's like a jet sweep a game to we, we just don't even use you, right? Like... We saw him have a couple plays early in the season, I believe, against UConn. And then two carries, I think, against UConn, and then not again until the TCU game. And at that point, like, everyone knew what he was kind of going to do. So is it a, it a situation where he was kind of a one-trick pony as far as Michigan saw it, or was he uh, just not being utilized to his full capability? I, I don't really know. And, uh, I, I mean, he, he was just a really likable... Not that Michigan doesn't have a lot of really likable guys on the team, but Henning in particular felt really likable. And anytime you lose a four-star receiver, I mean, it's it, regardless of production capability or not, I mean, it's kind of a sad thing, right? So uh, it's really disappointing that it didn't work out for Henning. 
But when we've been talking about all these different wide receivers and different people who could be like key contributors in uh, 2023, his name is one that hasn't been talked about. And I think that's with good reason. I Maybe not on air as much, though I think I have mentioned his name on air as a potential departure, despite my own uh, policy of not doing that. I, I was talking to... Uh, one of the pastors at my church, Josh Wiegand and J.D. Wiegand, actually they were both pastors there at the Freedom Center here in Fenton. And, uh, and, they, and they actually brought up, they said, hey, you said A.J. Henning, maybe transfer portal, he hasn't done it yet. And yet here we are. <laughs> about 24 hours later. It's literally about 24 hours later. So uh, it is what it is. And it sucks, in my opinion, because he's a guy that has a lot of potential. And I definitely think that he could go somewhere else and it could end up being a, a really good fresh start for him. But clearly, whatever it was, was not working for him in the Michigan offense. I had said, we'll see if Sharon Moore decides that he's now that he's the sole offensive coordinator. If he wants to, uh, I really can't. I keep this microphone up. If he wanted to try to uh, utilize him more, I, I think we got our answer. So now we, we roll with the guys they have got, right? Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, Roman, uh, Roman being in the same class as Henning. So now Michigan's lost, what, the, the two other guys, right? No, Andrew Anthony was the year after, right? I don't know. I'm getting my years mixed up. Um, Michigan, Michigan's rolling now with Cornelius, Roman, Tyler Morris, Darius Clemens, Peyton O'Leary, and uh, and then the freshmen, Frederick Moore, Samaj Morgan, Carmelo English. And then you've got to find a returner. I mean, they've got no shortage of guys, but I mean, keeping in mind, you also just lost DJ Turner to the NFL draft. So whoever you're breaking in, and Ronnie Bell, so whoever you're breaking in is going to be all new. That could be a hit because I think one of the things that's made Michigan really good these last couple of years has been the special teams have been phenomenal. So I guess now the question is, will special teams still be phenomenal? Yes, I, I do feel like it's got a strong capability, but you're not only just replacing a, you're replacing a kicker, you're replacing a punter, you're replacing the returners. That's a lot. That's a lot to try to figure out. And you have to commend Henning not just for... Him stepping in after Ronnie Bell's injury to start the as the punt returner to start out the 2021 season. But also, I mean, he was the first one who kicked off the scoring against Ohio State in 2021. So I think he'll always have fond memories and the sake in the hearts of Michigan fans. Let's get to the basketball component. We probably won't spend as much time and then we'll figure out where we go from there in just a moment. Before we do that, Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the play with a no-sweat-first bet. Up to $1,000, just go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown to sign up, place your first bet, get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball.
All right, I just figured out why my microphone <laughs> keeps dropping on me. It's because it, in when we were uh, in the other space, I could just swing it out of the way because it was on a table to the side, not on the desk. Not on the, it's mounted here, and here I like push it up and back, and the hinge gets loose and all of that kind of stuff. I know y'all don't care. I'm just telling you. Uh, but what you probably will care about is our schedule this week. Um, who knows exactly what we'll talk about the next two days. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm sure we'll have a draft segment here on, uh, on Wednesday. I think that's appropriate. Now, one of the things that we will do is we're going to end up, I'm going to call for mailbag questions probably tomorrow for th- the th- Thursday episode still, but I'll call for them tomorrow because I'm going to record it on Wednesday uh, because uh, Thursday I will be on route all day, uh, essentially, to uh, New York for the team trip. Friday might be a pre-record based off of whatever happens first round of the draft on Thursday. So that is probably how that's going to go. And then next week is going to be a challenge. So uh, because we're, we'll, we'll be doing the team stuff uh, and I'll be on the road with them until Thursday. So expect the mailbag probably be Friday next week. And uh, just because that will be after I get back from all of that. And then we'll just we're just going to have to figure out how to do four episodes on the road. We'll kind of just do a bunch of stuff. I don't really know how that's going to work. Uh, maybe we'll have some guests because uh, I will be with the on three guys for the entire, entire uh, essentially the entire time, but we'll figure that out. Um, and maybe we'll, uh, we'll just, it might end up being a little bit more video centric. So this might be the, the next week might be the week that there will be some stuff that people want to uh, want to watch. Right. Like we, I'm, I don't know. I, I haven't really figured it out here, uh, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. See, I'm still can't get this microphone to stay up. Um, which I guess is important if you can't hear me, uh, or if you can, I don't know. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to the basketball of it all. Uh, it's not nearly as daunting as losing a guy who at least has played a pretty, you know, significant role. You can say what you want about AJ Henning as a receiver, you know, running back, all of that kind of stuff, but he certainly played a significant role uh, as a returner, have had some big touchdowns, Maryland in 20, uh, 21 and, um, and obviously as a receiver as well, um, against Ohio state or running back, however you want to look at it. Um, but, uh, Michigan basketball just before AJ Henning made his announcement, uh, I was literally in the, in the process of writing it up for Michigan basketball, but they lost Greg Glenn, uh, the, uh, the one year forward who only saw four games of action. Um, so, you you know Glenn by uh, on this podcast is the guy whose name I forget every single time, uh, except for today. Now that he's departing, I've remembered it. <laughs> um, and uh, he he's a former four star from Fort Lauderdale. He had the hair, you know. He had had the the cool kind of uh, dreadlocks rather than braids, but kind of the Coolio hair. So uh, that th- those are the ways in which you you would recognize Greg Glenn, but. It's, he's only the second departure from by the transfer portal in the basketball program, which actually kind of seems weird because it feels like the basketball program is just turning over entirely. 
And it kind of is, right? If Hunter Dickinson's gone, and it sounds like he's almost certainly gone. I mean, visiting Kentucky, visited Kansas, visited Maryland, you know, lots of different suitors there. Uh, and it just seems like he's unlikely to come back. Uh, but he's the only transfer portal departure. And then, uh, you know, Joey Baker tried to get another year of eligibility. The NCAA said no. Uh, Jalen Llewellyn seems like he's probably trending the same way. Uh, and then you lose Jet Howard and Kobe Bufkin to the draft. Uh, but there's more additions there, too. It's kind of like the same thing as football, right? Because you've got additions, and that's the good news. Uh, you know, obviously, Caleb Love, Namari Burnett, Trey Jackson. So, I mean, it, it, it's not necessarily a, a big loss in the sense of we don't know what Greg Glenn could or couldn't have done because we haven't really seen him, Right. He, he didn't get that opportunity as much as someone like, uh, you know, Yusuf Kayat did in the NIT. So it, it's a little bit more difficult to really figure out what Michigan's losing here. It's not quite on the same level as like a Colin Castleton or a Frankie Collins leaving it. But it, it's disheartening nonetheless, because really there was an opportunity, uh, I think, you know, uh, it, even though there weren't like a lot of forwards leaving, I mean, Terrence Williams, struggles and everything like that. Maybe he felt like if Terrence Williams is staying and they've got Will Shetter, if they, you know, they're bringing in Trey Jackson, uh, th- there probably feels like maybe there's not as much opportunity. I would argue there is more. So, oh, you know, it certainly could have been something else could have been the weather. I mean, it has been disgustingly annoying here in Michigan. It's end of April and it feels like mid November, late November. Right. Like the, the weather outside right now in Michigan is worse than it was the day that Michigan played Ohio State last year. It's not even an opinion. It's just a fact. So certainly if you're from Fort Lauderdale, this April gloom <laughs> that, that could get to you as well. But nonetheless, it is disappointing and disheartening when you got a guy that has a lot of potential. And then you add in the fact that Papa Conte asked out of his NIL. That sounds like it's an academic issue. You've just kind of got it all hitting all at once, right? So you don't have a very big class uh, now uh, from 2023. You you know, you don't have uh, a couple of the promising guys that you expected from uh, the last couple classes. You know, even with a guy like Kobe Bufkin likely being a first round NBA draft pick, doesn't really feel like he hit his potential. Uh, Certainly doesn't feel like Jet Howard did. So you're kind of in a weird circular pattern. And it's just, it, it's, it's just disheartening, right? Just to, to not reach that. I mean, will we know how much of a loss it is? It, we, we won't for maybe a, a year or two, right? And if he goes somewhere and just balls out, then maybe that, uh, that tells you exactly what Michigan lost and everyone can lament it. But maybe it's a nothing burger, right? Maybe it's a non-starter. We won't really know for a little while, but that is what it is. All right, we are going to continue on. I don't feel like we need to really rehash that that much more. I do want to talk about culture a little bit, I think, when it comes to uh, the Michigan football program. Uh, I do have some concerns, not right for this complete second, but more so for the future. So we'll discuss that here in just a moment. The sun is trying to peek out. It's always sunny in Fenton, Michigan, except for most of the time when it's not. (laughs) Um, 
funny looking out this window. I've got windows up here, which I mean, I'm looking forward to being more in a studio environment in like six, seven months, but uh, where I'm not seeing what's happening out there, but it's like, it's perfectly sunny in this window and it's overcast on this window. It's funny how that works. Um, all right. So culture, it, it's something that that's Michigan is obviously completely rejuvenated in the, uh, from the 2021 season onward. Well, what was one of those big changes? And I alluded to it before in one of the mailbags and I just kind of want to hit it home a little bit more right now. It's Biff Poggi plays a, played a giant part in that culture shift, right? It it's, I think that that is understated. Uh, even though like, obviously we talked about his departure to Charlotte. He obviously took a couple players with him and Julius Welskoff and, uh, Iabi Oki, uh, Oki. It, I, I've witnessed a little bit of the firsthand mentorship between Poggi and Oki, uh, just kind of being around Shem Beckler Hall. And I mean, that, that it became really clear very early on that that was why he was at Michigan. So, I mean, number one, just the fact that he was at Michigan and he was, I think that Oki probably had not probably, he had matured a lot from when he was a recruit, right? Because I've told you about the disastrous interview that I had with him when he was a recruit in which he just spent the entire five minutes talking about Burger King and how important Whoppers are for him. Uh, to to just really uh, not just being a fan favorite, but just you you could tell like the maturity the the head he had on his shoulders was just different. And I witnessed some of Biff Poggi's mentorship there, like firsthand, just watching uh, that dynamic. So uh, it it's really no surprise that to me that Ayabi decided to follow Biff Poggi. But I think the thing that we don't necessarily know is how much. Did Biff Poggi have an effect on Jim Harbaugh and how much did that trickle down or how much would it go Jim Harbaugh, Biff Poggi and then throughout? Uh, I think that there were certainly some some cultural issues that existed following the graduation and departure of those guys in 2016. And we saw some of those cultural issues come to a head. I can't stop with this microphone. Some of those cultural issues come to a head with some of the younger players that started coming in in 2017 and not having anyone to follow, right? They just kind of came in they did their own thing. And we saw, you know, just varying degrees of rudderlessness uh, throughout the, uh, throughout the program. And that kind of came to a head in 2020, even after some of those guys had departed. Then we started seeing like this this group step up. And this is why I'm not concerned about right now, right? Because I think that the whatever culture has been set in part with Biff Poggi leading that charge, if he was in fact the guy that kind of helped usher that in, which I've been told reliably that that was the case, that it, it should be fine because you've got the players at least still to be able to lead that charge, right? You've got a Mike Sainer still. You've got a Blake Corum. You've got, I mean, even other other guys that uh, there we go are kind of stepping into that a little bit more, like a JJ McCarthy, like a Chris Jenkins. But I I do think that right now it's for this year, culture is still going to be absolutely great. I am a little bit more concerned though. Does it end up reverting once it, you know? Unless there ends up constantly being that that group that comes in and says. 
this is the standard. You know, we, we need to be a rising tide lifts all ships situation. We need to hold each other accountable. Then I think then as long as they have that kind of, you know, upperclassmen led team, then it would be fine. But I don't know for sure because, you know, a lot of these guys that are considered to be elder statesmen are almost certainly going to be gone next year, right? Like Mike Sainer still isn't going to be around. Chris Jenkins isn't going to be around. Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinter not going to be around. That's where, though, Michigan's done itself a service by targeting team captain-like guys in the NCAA transfer portal. A lot of all those guys they brought in, uh, the seven, I believe, what, four of them were, were team captains? So, I mean, that can help. But they, they need to also acclimate into the current culture. So it, it's, it, there's a lot to kind of figure out there. And I, but I think the culture starts at the top, and Biff Poggi had a big thing to do with that. So I am curious to see where Michigan goes as far as uh, trying to reestablish things. Again, I think this year is going to be fine. I am not concerned whatsoever for where the team goes this year because I think that they've got uh, enough established and enough uh, – Enough in the captaincy, who I expect will be in the captaincy, to be able to carry that forward into this next year, which is good because this is the this year's the shot, right? This is the shot that they have at getting a national champion. Uh, which I mean, one of the things we could have talked about today is Joel Klatt saying that Michigan's probably going to, you know, it's his pick to win the Big Ten. Reese Davis saying if he had his way, he'd put Michigan number one. Those are things that we could talk about, but. Um, Nonetheless, I think that it will be fine for now, but it's something to kind of keep an eye on in the coming years. All right, we're going to keep it nice and short today. It's Monday. I, I, I don't know about you, but for some reason, Monday, always a tiring day. Even though my days aren't really necessarily discernible, I guess Sundays are because I go to church during the season. Saturdays are, well, the week's a little bit more defined during the season because of press conferences and such. But um, nonetheless, it's tiring. We're going to keep it short. We'll be back Tuesday. Talk about whatever breaking news we have, and we'll go from there. So thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace. <laughs>